You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets... A little bit of knowledge. Oh, a little bit of knowledge. Hanging, Come on, Ken. why are you why are you jumping in on me? I was I was adding some tension. To oh, the I thought you were waiting for us to answer like a call and response. Because no. <laughs> it's every time you try to give I was us making a, the people wait. You try to yeah. give us a fist bump sometimes or a high right. five, and we leave you hanging. I figured that's. I was trying to make the people wait. Okay, well you could just try it again then. We'll pretend it didn't happen. Meets. A little bit of knowledge. Oh, oh, that was great. It was worth it, right, man? Yeah, very satisfying. Full house in the studio. How you boys doing? You got it, dude. Cut it out. Good. I'm a little confused though, because uh, you're you took the reins on this one, so yeah, I do sometimes on occasion. Ken accosted gonna, you know me several episodes ago. I'm gonna do it more. <laughs> you should do it more. You, you should do I'm it more. Do, I'm gonna start it out more. Usually yeah. Neil just has the information in front of him. That's why he ends up doing it. So it's because I usually memorize all the guest names, um, getting ready for the show, and um, I'm gonna take a little break. I'd rather be on the beach over here and not. Worrying about that. You think I've been on a beach the whole time? Mm. You think this is a vacation? A mental beach. Well, so this episode is going to be quite a nice vacation because mm. we have a great guest today. We do. And that is Sam Young. He is from Enid, Oklahoma. Welcome to the show. Well, hey, good to be here. Yeah, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, like you said, I'm from Enid, Oklahoma, and I am a teacher. I teach computers and a little bit of geography for the seventh graders it's a small school so i teach everything from seventh grade to high school uh, i'm also the academic slash quiz bowl team uh coach so this is all kind of fun for me and the game today is gonna be a little bit more academic than maybe well at least started out that way but all right but, i'm a head out <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we'll make sure to suck all the academia right out of this uh this episode for you yeah i mean that? originally this was going to be an academic game but then all the the guys on uh, discord said are you kidding uh do you re- you realize who you're uh, asking the questions that to? more, sounds more like captain planet questions <laughs> yeah right matt <laughs> hey well we do need some academic questions i know we're we're lacking there a little bit uh and anything we can do to make us smarter while sounding dumber is is always the goal well, since the questions are going to be kind of highbrow today, I guess, um, you came up with the most lowbrow team name that you could think of. Yeah, well, since Sam is a, a quiz bowl coach, uh, amongst many other things, we thought we would be uh, pay the troll toll mm. to join the quiz bowl. 
Okay, and that is uh, Jeff and Neil's team. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I guess that means I'm with Matt and we'll be the boy's soul. That is the boy's soul. And Jeff, uh, we're, we're, I think we're still statistically the greatest team of all time in this room, in this suburb. Oh, yeah, statistically I, speaking. I'm, I'm terrible. That's... I think, yes, I think statistically speaking that we are the best triviality team comprised of you and i yes yeah that is 100 and i'm the true. most losingest i'm the most losingest man we do it with grace in the studio we are will smith and martin lawrence statistically bad boys that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a, true that's another good name but i don't feel bad about it because usually going into the final round i'm like in contention or like ahead or tying or something and i just blow it it's a it's a team it's a it's a mind <laughs> mind game there's I, no i in team but there is me i will say you probably have more losses than matt has appearances well, we've talked a lot about this game but how do we play this game let's get the rules the rules of the game are simple 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece at halftime there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host after regulation Players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream. Those are the rules. And now we want to toss it back over to Sam to ask us some excellent questions. All right. Sounds good. You guys ready to go with round one, question one? Uh, This is going to be in the category geography. So Australia is a very unusual continent. It started as the world's largest prison, and according to some language experts, speak a speaks a drunken English. They are also known for really long fences, over 5,000 miles, give or take. There are four primary animals the fences were designed to keep out. So for five points, if you can name two, and 10 points if you name all four. Okay, Jeff and I conferred over here, and uh, one of them I knew 100% because of a movie. Uh, imagine that. But we're going to lock in. Because <laughs> of the baby. Know, I think I know thing. what movie you're talking about, too. Not even not even the baby eating, but a different movie. Australia? No. Kangaroo Jack? No. Crocodile. Baby. I would keep that kangaroo. <laughs> All right, well, we think that uh, kangaroo, kangaroos, kangaroo? Mm-hmm. Kangaroo, I believe, is the plural of kangaroo. Kangaroo is? Is it? Mm-hmm. I, well, I don't know. I don't know about that. Anyways, we think those uh, kangaroos are uh, all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so you probably want to keep them out. Though they're probably not predatory, but still could mm-hmm. be a problem. And then we're going to go with the uh, classic dingo. Okay. And do you need uh, the other two for your bonus? Um, we'll go with... Uh, Wallaby. Wallabies? Wallaby. Big, big trouble. Yeah. And then bullfrogs. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, so I'm pretty sure the longest part uh, is the dingo fence, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm pretty sure Matt's right about frogs. So, and uh, also said kangaroo, and the one I got from the movie. There's a movie from Australia called Rabbit Proof Fence. Oh, that's so right. we said rabbit. That's the movie I thought you were thinking about, and that is indeed correct. It is rabbits, dingoes, kangaroos, and the fourth one due to their, you know, six-month war with them, was the emus. Oh, Oh, the emu. That's right. (laughs) They they lost that uh, war. So that'll be 10 points apiece. Okay. I forgot about the emu war. (laughs) I wouldn't want to go to war with an emu, that's for sure. Yeah, they they literally had machine... the emus in. (laughs) (laughs) They literally had machine guns strapped to trucks chasing the emus around trying to shoot them, and it didn't go well, so... 
Wow. Um, well, speaking the emus fought back with bigger machine guns. Speaking <laughs> of, of Australia, there is a very uh, deep cut movie. If you want to see something that's kind of disturbing uh, and dark, it's called Wake and Fright. Uh, and uh, it was made in the 70s, maybe late 60s. And Donald Pleasance is in it. But um, it's it's the reason that from that point on, movies uh, have animal trainers and um, oh, I've heard of this don't one. hunt actual animals on camera. Yeah. So check it out. And now he's known as Donald Unpleasance. <laughs> Very true. All right. Question two is in history. Okay, another split question for five points each. What two islands hosted Napoleon? In exile, and if you want a hint, I can provide a hint too. If you guys aren't sure, take a hint. Okay, so the hint is perhaps that uh, Heimdall and Bellatrix Lestrange were his guards. Okay, I know one of these right off the bat, and I think I got the second one from the clue, so we will lock in. So his hint there was Hemdall, which is uh, Idris Elba from Thor, uh, the guard to Asgard. Yeah. Um, so, oh, oh, is it Asgard or Asgardia? I can't uh, remember. Um, well, the clue is Elba. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Okay, Elba was one of them, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, duh, it's just Elba, right. And then Bellatrix Lestrange is, oh, it's Helena. That's the other one. Helena Bonham Carter, because it's, I yep. knew that. I just needed to hear it. So Helena and Elba. Yep. Okay. And we said Elba and Helena. Okay, so what I have is Elba and St. Helena. You guys can decide whether you want to do the points. Points, yeah, points, 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 yeah. points. I'm okay with that. All right, let's move on to question three in sports. And this is a local uh, local question. In 2008... Baker Mayfield. Uh, oh. No. 2008, Ric Flair, the nature boy himself, was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame alongside what tag team duo that were from Oklahoma that were instrumental in the sale of the Georgia Championship Wrestling to Vince McMahon, kind of led into the WWF, and were also credited with discovering Hulk Hogan playing bass in a bar. Oh, wow. And they just asked him, do you want to wrestle? Let me tell you something, brother. No, he was just a big guy, and they're like, hey, you should be a wrestler. You'd look good with a bunch of oil on you. Yeah. That's where, honestly, a lot of those wrestlers, they were just working out in a gym and another person who's a, a wrestler at a bar. Like, I think how'd he'd make you like a good have, wrestler. How'd you like to have <laughs> chronic pain? Yeah, right. How'd you like to have 20 back surgeries and lose four inches off your height? Um, Might be these guys. He was just slapping the base. Never thought he'd open a pasta restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> pasta mania. Um, I'm between these two. I don't think you, think you don't have an opinion. We're locked in. Okay, so uh, just to confirm, we're looking for a tag team that also was inducted at the same time Ric Flair was. Right, and I will also tell you that they were brothers. Do you have any idea on this one, Jeff, or no? Oh, no. Okay. No, um, no, no, no. I'm trying to think of old tag teams. Uh, I'm not too good with like early wrestling. Part of me thinks it could be like one of the four horsemen, but I don't think any of them were tag teams like no, Arnie like Anderson. Like wrestling after like 9 o'clock, right? Exa- well, exactly. 9 o'clock when the Late lights night are off. wrestling. Cool. Yeah, we can wrestle later if you want on top of a twister board. I mean, that's our that's our uh, Monday night tradition. It is, especially with the uh, the spin dial, because when you spin, you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's you know like an Arn Anderson or something. The only tag team that's coming to me is one that I dressed up for as Halloween one year, the Road Warriors with the football pads. What do you think of that? Sure, I'm good with that. Okay, so our answer is the Road Warriors. Yeah, so I was torn between a few. You said brothers, and I'm thinking Steiner brothers, but they wouldn't have been inducted in 03 because I think Scott was still wrestling at the time. 
Uh, I was thinking the Nasty Boys because they were good friends with Hogan and followed him everywhere and got lots of jobs. But in the end, we locked in with the Road Warriors. All right. Unfortunately, it was a, kind of a deep cut. I wasn't sure. I'm not a huge, you know, go back and watch all the wrestling fans. So I wasn't sure how well known these two guys were. Their names were Jack and Jerry Briscoe. Oh, the Briscoes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the, fun, uh, the tie into that is uh, one of the teachers at the elementary equivalent of our high school uh, is actually the daughter of Jack Briscoe. Mm. So that's how oh, wow. that's, that inspired me to write this question. And I well, just did more research, and he was actually bigger than I thought. I'd never heard of him before, but I'm just looking, doing the research. He was pretty big in the 70s and 80s. So, Now, do you think there was a team called the Bosco Brothers? <laughs> just just uh, through uh, breadsticks? Just through, that, that was like their weapon of choice. Like instead of the, the kendo stick, it was breadsticks. Um, bread I was saying more of like a Donkey Kong, but he's flinging breadsticks. They were very successful until people started eating their weapons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, then they were really successful because they got like slowed down by all the carbs. Too many carbs. You're right. <laughs> That's true. All right. Let's move on to question four. This is in zoology. So scientists agree that the bowhead whale has the longest lifespan of all marine mammals, sometimes living over 200 years. But what apex predator leads all mammals on land? Oh. Oh, that's probably not land, though, right? Would you consider a tortoise an apex predator? I was thinking that a snapping turtle. I was thinking of the same thing, actually. Well, I don't think they're land mammals. Yes, but good guess. Uh, though. All right, we're gonna lock in. We're, we pretty much have to guess here. We don't know. Do you want to say human beings? That could be a, a very interesting twist. Um, yeah, I mean, or we jaguar. Were, it's definitely not a jaguar. <laughs> Although I did see a picture of a beautiful uh, all-black jaguar, which there's not very many of them. Yeah. I feel like on Instagram, it's really in your daily googling of jaguars. <laughs> well, it's it's jaguars at 9 a.m., WebMD at 10 a.m., and uh, Sync uh, memorabilia at 11 a.m. and uh, Patrick Swayze at noon. But um, we said hippo, we said other things, maybe small animals. But I like your idea. Let's go with human. Yeah, that's that's correct. But uh, we said the lion, the noble lion. Mm -hmm. But you're right; it was a trick. All right, so trolls under the bridge or whatever you guys are uh you kind of backed into troll it troll 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 there you go uh it is indeed humans everybody forgets that we are mammals and we are kind of top of the food chain nothing really hunts humans uh other than you know oh, man so randy orton jeff. would have been correct Spiders, i was gonna I say it depends on how deep my pockets are that much. yeah if you pay jeff enough he'll hunt a human yeah the most dangerous game <laughs> yes all right so let's let's move on to question five this is everyone's favorite literature. All right. This failed Klondike prospector was born John Griffith Cheney. He felt the wild calling and became an oyster pirate at the age of 15. I have no idea what an oyster pirate is, but it sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. A vagrant at the age of 18 and died at the age of 40. However, he still managed to write over 100 short stories and novels. Who was this author? He's a swashbuckling shucker. Oh. That's hard to say. I kind of like that. <laughs> heard it yeah all right we're gonna lock in here um call the wild oh i guess that could be yeah i was thinking of someone old, older like uh, maybe it's not a herman melville then because i feel like he was a wealthy guy maybe not um I, I don't know anything about jack london but i like that line of thinking we can go jack london okay we're gonna lock in with jack london yeah we heard call the wild as well inside that question so we said uh jack london plus it sounds like a made-up name all right you guys in both Indeed picked up on the clue, the wild calling, as in Call of the Wild, and it was Jack London. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't um, 
I did not hear that clue until Jeff mentioned it. So very nice job putting that clue in there. And the Call of the Wild with Harrison Ford and that fake-looking dog. Monster box office success. Balto? Here's something haunting. Balto. We have a theater near us called the LaGrange Theater, which is like a vintage theater. And uh, when the pandemic started, the last movie poster on there is called Call Wild. The Wild. Every time it's I still yeah. up. It's still up. Yeah. And I keep driving past and it's so they haunting. still haven't reopened. The last movie ever shown in the history of the world was the Call of the Wild. Well, here's another haunting fact. Troll Toll has 40 points and uh, The Boy's Soul has 30 points. <laughs> That's still a pretty close game. All right, moving on to question six. In botany, what common vegetable, once thought to be an aphrodisiac, is actually the stem of a variety of lily known in Old England as sparrow grass? All right, me and Matt wrote down the same thing, so we're locked in. Could this be some sort of mushroom? Oh, no. aphrodisiac. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking, uh, when he said aphrodisiac, I was thinking... That's not the problem said... of the question, that's the... <laughs> It's not not the part of the question that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's a fungus among us. Mm. Uh, what do you think then, Jeff? I, I don't know much about aphrodisiacs. Um, he said it came from no a, a stem from the, <laughs> the sparrow grass. Um, I don't know much about different aphrodisiacs either. I'm trying to think food ones, but uh, is there a vegetable you can think of that's like kind of, you know. A stem? A stem, yeah. Stemmy? Like a, not, not celery, I don't think it's an aphrodisiac. Otherwise, I I'd, doubt it. I mean, I eat a lot of celery, and it's not doing it anything. It turns me off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a no-go for me, too. Anything that's a stem you can think of that's green because the sparrow grass is what makes me think of it? I don't know. I don't know. How about we say um, broccoli? Sure. Okay. Stemmy. I do like broccoli, but I Please don't think it's Broccoli is the flower, right? Yeah. Listen, um, I think everything at one point in time has been considered an effigy. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we just picked the stemmiest veggie that we know, and we picked celery. All right, well, you guys, uh, there's a game that you can play called Mad Gab, where it's kind of a rearrangement of words, and you're trying to figure out a phrase. But if you say sparrow grass slightly differently, it's asparagus. Oh. So oh. you guys yeah. both, both Yeah, that's an aphrodisiac. Well, it, it was, <laughs> I just said it was once thought to be an it. No, I don't no, think I'm, it I'm actually is. <laughs> and it's funny, uh, one in three people get the aphrodisiac qualities of asparagus. Mm. And you, know, <laughs> and you know something else. You know who uh, who was not affected that way by asparagus? Daniel Day-Lewis. That's true. Phantom Thread. That is true. Don't cook his asparagus wrong. <laughs> he does not want a confrontation. All right, let's move on to question seven in music. What country music superstar from the coal mining town of Butcher Hollow, Kentucky, was a grandmother by the age of 34? And that was only two years after she had some twins of her own. I, I, I know the, the reference, and I'm just trying to remember her name. I always mix it up with someone else. Well, Matt, right. Write some things down, Neil. Matt feels confident. No, I don't. We're locked in. You're locked in? Yeah. It's the coal miner's daughter um, with Sissy Spacek and Timely Lee Jones. And I just named some famous uh, female country singers because I'll know it if I hear Reba. it. Reba. It's not definitely not Reba. It's not Dolly Parton. It's no. um, Reba. It's not Tammy Wynette. No, it's not June Carter Cash. No. It's not. Um... Oh, man. I know who it is, and I'm really blanking. Can you name any other ones? That's it. You named them all. <laughs> that was the only one. What's her name? Hayden not... Penitieri? No, it's no, no one contemporary. No Miranda Lamberts or Carrie Underwoods. Connie Britton. Connie Britton is an actress from in Nashville. Nashville. <laughs> it's, um, let's see, Coal Miner's Daughter, starring Sissy Spacek, was about 
You didn't say uh, Loretta Lynn? Loretta Lynn, that's who it is. Um, we'll lock that in. Okay. What do we say? Uh, after a long day of working nine to five, I couldn't think of anybody, so we said Dolly Parton. He indeed remembered the correct movie reference with the coal miner's daughter. That was Loretta Lynn. Your brain works in fascinating ways. I wish someone would have told me that when I grew up so I'd felt accomplished, but thank you. The weird thing is I don't know what he said that made me remember that because I've never seen the film. Good film. All right, let's move on to question eight. This is under the U.S. government. Name two of the four presidents that were Whigs. And once again, I have a hint if you guys need a hint. No, we're good. <laughs> and just to confirm for the listener, uh, the presidents that were Whigs, not war Whigs. Yep, correct, correct. Okay. War Whigs? That, that's more There was a lot me. of those. They were war pigs. Oh. So I think I think it's John Quincy as the Adams. It might be both Adamses. Mm. Because Adams, I don't believe, was a Federalist, was he? Ooh. Because it was Federalists and Whigs. The Whigs were... At the, oh, no. Anything past like 11. Democratic Republicans. No. I think I think John Quincy and I think Madison might have been. I'm good with that. Uh, Madison, no, Madison was a Federalist. He was in Hamilton, so let's just write him off. Okay. Everybody in Hamilton was either a Federalist or a Democratic Republican. Pretty sure. Okay. What about what about Van Buren? Our boy Van Buren. Van Buren boys. He seems like he'd be a Whig. Yeah. That's fine. John Q. Adams and Van Buren. All on you, Jeff. Yep. So the two I'm absolutely certain about um, would be uh, William Henry Harrison and his VP uh, Tyler, because um, they both ran on the Whig ticket. And then I know they're all in a row, but I can't remember if it's um, so Polk is definitely one of them, but I can't remember if it's Taylor or on the other end um, with uh, Van Buren. But we're gonna just lock in Harrison and Tyler. Okay. So yes, Harrison and Tyler were correct, and then also. Taylor and Millard Fillmore were the other two. Oh, You guys are definitely got the 10 points for that one. The other team did not. The boys did not. We did not. All right, let's move on. All right, so the next category uh, for question nine is spelling. I guess you guys love spelling. Well, I'm out. Good news is you don't actually have to spell a word. Back Te- teachers are notorious for finding catchy ways of helping students learn to spell. Can you f- complete the following mnemonic rhyme? I before E, except after C. Finish the statement. Yeah, we have it. Oh, I'm glad you have it, because I, I know how to spell really well, but I don't know this clue, so I'm just going to trust you. It's, Isn't it except in neighbor and way? There's more to it. I prefer E, except after C. Except in neighbor and way and all throughout May. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two that, that it mentions. I'm pretty easy. I think that's a good enough answer. Okay. I hope so, too, because as soon as you you said that out loud, I was like, oh, crap, do I remember that part? But, yeah, we said I before E, except I for C, except in the case of a neighbor and way. I don't know. Yeah. Is that Give what us you points. Points, points, <laughs> points, points. Okay. You can't just bully them so, into points. Yeah, so the, the official answer is, or when sounding like A, hey, uh, yeah. as in neighbor uh, and yeah. way. So I'll let you guys make the judgment call. No points. No points. No points. will be the points. Uh, I mean, it makes no difference yeah, if it's points yeah. or no points. But. Yeah. Either, either you both get points or you both don't get points. So it comes out as a wash in the end. All right, let's move on to question 10. Get away from spelling stuff. 
All right, so current events. ESPN came under fire in August 2021 after it was discovered that a high school football game that they aired featured a fake high school that went by a what religious-sounding name that was probably just down from Elm Street. I have never heard this. Oh, you didn't hear the story? Oh, it's unbelievable. There were guys that were like <laughs> 20 or 30 years old playing, and they pretended to be in high school. And, and they were really bad, ESPN too. That was the funny air. thing. Because they, they duped ESPN into thinking it was like an actual con- they were actual conference playing like a college game, but it wasn't. Or uh, they were just... Game? Yeah, high school game. High, oh, sorry, high school game. So... <laughs> I don't know. It was just a funny story because it was just, oh. com- it's going to be a movie someday. Yeah, I was going to say, be. it's going to be a great Jonah Hill movie. <laughs> yeah. We'll um, still play the high schooler. Yeah. yeah. So we'll say, since you said uh, down the street from Elm Street, we'll say St. Frederick. There you go. Yeah, it's something Frederick. I, I'm trying to remember their uniforms were all black. They kind of looked like the ones from any given Sunday, the Sharks. Um, and everyone just looked like a very old adult playing a kid's game. But uh, I, I was just thinking Frederick. I don't know the actual name of the school. I don't know if we can just say what we said. St. Frederick. Yeah, yeah. let's do yeah. that. Okay. All right. So uh, I guess I misled you with the Elm Street. I was thinking, you know, usually in a neighborhood where there's an Elm Street, there's a bunch of other streets named after trees uh, and then the religious sounding. So it was Bishop Sycamore. Mm. Oh, wow. That's right. That sounds like a real school. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought it was real until I read the article. That's where my girlfriend was in high school. She went to Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> She probably played on that football team. Yeah, that's why she couldn't go to any of the dances. That's also in Canada, right? <laughs> yeah, down the street in Canada. All right. Well, boys, Soul decided to hold tight at 30 points. <laughs> why are you guys laughing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why, what you guys are laughing at. And uh, the Troll Toll uh, added to their score to 60. Oh, well, uh, and speaking of uh, Sam being on the show, he talked about many of these questions being playtested by our friends over on the Discord. Just wanted to let everyone know you can, too, join the Discord along with Sam and many others. Uh, if you'd like to be a playtester, if you'd like to just, you know, talk about uh, different goings on. Matt, you play Pokemon there with people all the time. Is that right? All the time. Always Pokemoning. Got to catch them all. That's what they tell me. So there's a Pokemon channel. There's a board game channel that people have been playing board games. There's we a lot put of up, uh, some spoilers for episodes. So if you want to talk to people about episodes yep. that you've already listened to. So you can go there. You can go to the crop if you you want a Facebook option. Uh, and then also we're going to be interacting a little bit more on our Patreon. So a lot of options for you to interact with us on social media. So just make sure to follow us at Triviality Pod on most social medias. And then our Discord link will be in the show notes. Or don't you party pooper you. <laughs> All right, let's get the swing round today. All right, so the swing round uh, is called, it's about children's book authors. A lot of times when I was a kid, it was a really popular children's book, but I had no clue who the author was because I didn't care because I was a little kid. Uh, so I'm going to give you the author, so you don't have to find that. I'm going to give author and a line from the book, and you tell me the name of the book. Alrighty. And these are mostly like, geared towards ages three to seven. There's one that's a little bit more like seven to nine, but most of them are in that age range. Da Vinci Code. Yeah, that, that was, that was, that's on here, right here. Yeah. All right. Are we ready? So the first, first one, Margaret Wise Brown, and the line is, good night stars, good night air, good night noises everywhere. Classic. And the second one, Eric Carl. In the light of the moon, a little egg lay on a leaf. Number three, Mildred Taylor. Baby, we have no choice of what color we're born or who our parents are or whether we're rich or poor 
what we do have is some choice over what we make of our lives once we're here. And that's the one that was kind of a little bit geared towards a little older age. Number four, Judith Viorst. Some days are like that, even in Australia. Uh, number five, Janelle Cannon. How can we be so different and feel so much alike, mused Flitter. And how can we feel so different and be so much alike, wondered Pip. Okay, and number six is from, from Don Freeman. And there's a blank here because it's the title character. Uh, blank is a bear who once lived in the toy departments of a big store. Day after day, he waited with all the other animals and dolls for someone to come along and take him home. Okay, number seven is Monroe Leaf. He wouldn't fight and be fierce no matter what they did. He just sat and smelled. And the bandoleros were mad, and the picadors were madder, and the matador was so mad he cried because he couldn't show off his cape and sword. Number eight from E.B. White. Nobody of the hundreds of people that had visited the fair knew that a gray spider had played the most important part of all. No one was with her when she died. I hope that didn't contain spoilers. <laughs> uh, then number nine is from Shel Silverstein. Come, boy, sit down. Sit down and rest. And the boy did, and the tree was happy. And finally, number ten is from Roald Dahl. There's no earthly way of knowing which direction they are going. There's no knowing where they're rowing or which way the river's flowing. Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing. Well, I can't believe that's actually in the book and not just in the movie, <laughs> but uh, we will be right back with our answers. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for the New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places: Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. 
Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. And welcome back to the show. Uh, prepare for Annihilation, Matt. Mm-hmm. I it came in prepared for that. Neil has read these. He's very uh, up night. to date on children's literature. I wish I was. Uh, I only I've only read a few of these, and most of them in the last week. And uh, yeah, let's uh, toss it back over, and we'll get the quotes one more time and see how we did. Okay, so the first one was Margaret Wise Brown. Good night, stars. Good night, air. Good night, noises everywhere. You gotta wish those things good night. You might as well wish good night to the moon as well. So we said good night, moon. Jeff first said uh, he thought it was the book uh, read by Samuel Jackson on the audible version, "Go to sleep." But we ended up just locking in with "Good night, moon." So yes, you're both correct. Uh, second one, Eric Carl. In the light of the moon, a little egg lay on a leaf. All right, uh, for this one. We wanted to go with the hungry caterpillar or the very hungry caterpillar, but I think we're going to go with the grouchy ladybug. Oh, that isn't one of his books. Um, I mistakenly said the hungry, hungry caterpillar, but Jeff said those are hippos. So we, we locked in with the very hungry caterpillar. You should have stuck with your first gut. It was the very hungry caterpillar. That's my bad. What's the one with the bear? Do you remember that one? That That's a brown, brown bear, brown bear. Both my kids loved both those stories, and they would read them to themselves to go to sleep. All right, so number three, Mildred D. Taylor. Baby, we have no choice of what color we're born or who our parents are or whether we're rich or poor. What we do have is some choice over what we make of our lives once we're here. Uh, We have no idea on this one, so we're skipping it. Yeah, we had to tap on this one as well. Um, we had a couple ideas, but uh, none that we felt strongly about. So we'll just, for fun, we'll say Mildred Taylor. Maybe she was part of the Chuck Taylor dynasty and said uh, sneakerhead. All right, no points for either team. It is Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry. Hmm. Never heard of that. My kids had to read it, I know, uh, back in like third or fourth grade. Um, I, I don't think I've ever read it, but I know my kids read it. So. Hmm. All right, uh, number four, Judith Viorst. Some days are like that, even in Australia. Well, we are going to go ahead and pick a book that helps me in my times of insecurity and say, everybody poops. That's a good answer. Jeff, what did you think for this one? Um, I have no idea. All right. Well, I guess we'll just go with what I wrote down, and we'll say it's uh, it's called Mark That Magpie. <laughs> All right. Well, I this was made into a movie not too long ago, and this is Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, oh, no. no Good very bad day and uh, throughout the book he just keeps saying maybe i'll just move to australia and, and so th- at this point he's like you know some days are like that even in australia my backup plan was to if we didn't know any to, to use that book but i was like there, i don't think it's that because there's nothing to do with australia but apparently there was so <laughs> my bad. i don't know if the movie referenced it i don't think i've seen the movie but um i know that in the book it repeats it several times so all right let's move on to number five from janelle cannon How can we be be so different and feel so much alike, mused Flitter. And how can we feel so different and be so much alike, wondered Pip. We had no idea. Uh, I think maybe one of those was a a toaster. So we said the brave little toaster. (laughs) Yeah, we just took the name Pip and we didn't know it. So we said maybe it's Pippi Longstocking. Um, I did enjoy the movie, The Brave Little Toaster, but that is not the correct answer. This is Stella Luna. It's about a little bat, I believe. Oh, yeah, I've seen the cover for that. 
All right, so next one, Don Freeman. Uh, blank is a bear who once lived in the toy departments of a big store. Day after day, he waited with all the other animals and dolls for somebody to come along and take him home. It's got to be uh, Paddington, right? Close. Uh, this one, uh, I Corduroy. If, if we're right, it was a book I used to love reading, and it's what Matt said. We locked in with Corduroy. That is correct. It is Corduroy. He's Paddington was the one button. with the with the uh, blue hat and the yellow Macintosh. Matt has such disdain for Corduroy. Yeah, go find your button, bear. Hold on to one button? What are you doing? He you hates can't... it when it's a bear. He hates it when it's a fabric. You can't survive in the real world without a button, bear. <laughs> All right, uh, number seven from Monroe Leaf. He wouldn't fight and be fierce no matter what they did. He just sat and smelled. And the Bandoleros were mad, and the Picadoros were mad, or madder. And the Matador was so mad he cried because he couldn't show off his cape and sword. Uh, we're idiots, and we said Fernando. We said uh, starring John Cena, Ferdinand the Bull. And it is indeed Ferdinand the Bull, the full title is the story of Ferdinand's, but I think I'll definitely give points for that. I don't know about Fernando, though. Probably, no, it's an ABBA song. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next one, number eight. This is E.B. White. Nobody of the hundreds of people that had visited the fair knew that a gray spider had played the most important part of all. No one was with her when she died. This might be the only one I've read. Nope, I take that back. I read number nine, too. Uh, but we said Charlotte's Web. Some pig. Charlotte's Web. That was me after Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so both, te- both teams said Charlotte's Web. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, that is correct. Uh, once again, apologize for any spoilers in case you haven't read that book. All right, number nine is Shel Silverstein. Come, boy, sit down. Sit down and rest. And the boy did, and the tree was happy. We said that is the giving tree. We too said the giving tree. And that is indeed the giving tree. Last one, Roald Dahl. There's no earthly way of... I'm not going to read the whole thing. It goes on and on. If you've seen the movie, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. We locked in with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. We too said Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And that is indeed Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I'm glad you didn't fall into the trap of saying Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. All right, after the swing round, it looks like we uh, picked up a measly 20 points, bringing our score to 50. Uh, The boys cross for me, grabbed 35 points, bringing their score to 95. So we're down, but not quite out. All right, well, the second round is definitely a whole lot easier. Yay. Yay. All right. Not really. I just thought I'd give you guys false hope. Oh. Don't. Don't give me hope. Yay. All right. So round two, question one, is in journalism. What newspaper, founded in 1851, stated in its inaugural issue, we shall be conservative in all cases where we think conservatism essential to the public good, and we shall be radical in everything we may, which may seem to us to require radical treatment and radical reform. We do not believe that everything in society is either exactly right or exactly wrong. What is good we desire to preserve and improve? What is evil to exterminate or reform? That was a mouthful. That was a long quote. Mm-hmm. And I, I can put a, give you an extra hint if you need a, you need more information. Yeah. Yes, please. More. Okay, so the hint, it's definitely all the news that's fit to print. Oh, okay. <laughs> the hint kind of gave it away. but No, no, no. We needed it. Yeah, uh, we can lock in over here. Yeah. Boston Globe, right? 
Oh, no, I, I was going to say Jeff, New York Times, right? It's New York Times. Yeah. So two New York Timeses. Yes, that is correct. The New York Times. All right, question two. This is in sports. What iconic sports arena has also hosted naval battles and animal hunts? Oh, and lots and lots of nudity. We're locked in. I have a further hint if you need one, but I think that should be enough. <laughs> I yeah. think we both know it, but let's hear the hint for fun. Uh, give a thumbs up if you know the answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure this is the Coliseum, Neil. Oh, totally makes sense. Yes. Yeah. They used to flood the place and stage naval battles. I, given... I didn't. Joaquin Phoenix killed men there. Yeah. I'm giving uh, Troll Toll a thumbs down. <laughs> it's actually uh, a positive, we, right? We also said uh, Coliseum. Yes, that is correct. It was the Roman Coliseum. And. Uh, I read a book when I was younger called Those Who Are About to Die Salute You, and just some of the stories that it had in there were just wild. It just kind of really made me uh, open my eyes to the Roman Coliseum mythos. Wow. Yeah. Are insane. you not entertained? Oh, yeah. It was definitely entertaining. The question we're constantly asking our audience. Now, the Coliseum, <laughs> speaking of Bruce Lee, who's who's some of the, the sound effects speaking for our, Bruce Lee. our game of death. Well, it's, it's kind of tangentially related. Nobody was speaking of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, the way of the dragon, where he famously fights Chuck Norris, uh, many of the some of it was shot on a stage, but a lot of those uh, sections of the fight scene, they snuck onto the Coliseum and bribed a security guard so they could film some of that. Oh, I heard they snuck the Coliseum onto Chuck Norris. They probably could have. You're right. Okay, well, let's well, let's move on to question three in round two. And this is in fashion, uh, definitely a school subject. What controversial figure immortalized by Aqua? Has been a teenage fashion icon for over sixty years. We're locked in. Mm-hmm. You need the last name too, if you know it. <laughs> Barbie Streisand. <laughs> yeah, we said Barbie. We went with Barbie. Barbie girl. That is correct. It is Barbie. I don't know her last name. I, I know she has one when I was doing the research, but uh, I, for, I forgot to write it down. So there was a big uproar on TikTok because Aqua is on TikTok and they make different TikToks and stuff, which is really this time singing and whatnot. Aqua's active? They're active, actually, and they're they're older now, too, which is kind of fun. They're singing the they song. They older? They definitely got How older. Dare they? Um, but one of the controversies was they were singing the lyrics sort of as a karaoke um, of their song, Barbie Girl, and apparently people have been singing it wrong forever because a lot of people um, sing it, you know, I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world, but it's in the Barbie in world. The Barbie and world. apparently people were up in arms. Yeah. There's a Barbie world? And Ken, speaking of Barbie, uh, one of your favorite actors of all time is going to be playing Ken in the Barbie movie. They're making a movie. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. For real. With Margot Robbie. They're really making this. Yeah. Is it is it going to be like a dirty comedy? I think it's going to be like a satirical one. It's Greta Gerwig is directing Margot Robbie as Barbie, and and Ryan Gosling as Ken. That's insane. It's the new MCU, the Mattel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> uh, for the record, Barbie's full name is Barbara Millicent Roberts. Oh, obviously. And it was named after the creator's daughter, I believe. Mm -hmm. All right, number four in round two is in literature. Another literature question. What poet, who always makes me think of Martin Short for some reason, wrote the following lines? Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. We're locked in. Wow. We are also locked in with Robert Frost. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, because uh, didn't Martin Short play uh, Jack Frost in that one movie? Oh, you're right. Yeah, Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Robert Frost. 
I was that like, is... no, Jack Frost is a snowman played by Michael Keaton, right? <laughs> well, there was awesome. that one too, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about that reference, but yeah, I was definitely thinking of Jack Frost when I wrote that. So yeah, it is indeed Robert Frost. Good job. All right, question five is geography again. So there are four U.S. capitals that end in city. Can you name all four? So Jeff wrote down two. What were the two you wrote down? Jefferson City, Missouri, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Okay. And then for some reason, I don't know how, I pulled out Carson City. Is that for Nevada? Yep. Carson City's Nevada. That's, um, that's where I'm at a loss. Okay. Yeah, racking my brain here. I feel like I, I could get here eventually, but um, we're, we're stuck on three. So we just have Jefferson City, Missouri, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Carson City, Nevada. And... And you were missing Salt Lake City, oh. Utah. Utah, and Carson City, Oklahoma City, and Jefferson City. So you guys both, uh, you had three of them, yes, and then Salt Lake City was the fourth one. So yes, it was Salt Lake City, Oklahoma City, Carson City, and Jefferson City. I always forget that's the capital. Salt Lake City? Yeah. yeah. You know who's in Salt Lake City? Me over here. You, na- you named every state around Utah. And no, then, I hadn't gotten there yet. I was going alphabetically. Oh, jeez. For the listeners at home, there was one hour of content cut out. <laughs> and with that, that is the first time that we got a question right that they got wrong. Um, and we got 100 points over at uh, Boy's Soul and uh, Troll Toll 135. All right. So let's move on to question six in round two. This is an economics question. This chain of supermarkets was the first in the U.S. Its first outlet opened in 1916 in Memphis, Tennessee, and is notable for having been the first true self-service grocery store and the originator of various familiar supermarket features such as checkout stands, individual item price marking, and shopping carts. All right, uh, the hint is its mascot makes me want to just shout, That's all, folks! Well, I assume that it's... Is it the Piggly Wiggly? Oh, yeah, it must be, because it's Porky Pig who says that's all folks, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a Porky's. So we'll go with Piggly Wiggly? Yeah. Yeah, this guy is an absolute monster. Really interesting read, though, if you read up on him. Uh, Piggly Wiggly. Yes, it is correct. It is the Piggly Wiggly, and I, it apparently is a regional thing, so some of the playtesters said I needed to give a little extra hint there, so... All right, uh, number seven is in elements. What element is used in catalytic converters as and in pacemakers? It is more expensive than gold and was once called white gold. Yeah. Locked in. I think we are too. I believe that would be platinum. Yeah, we too said platinum. That is correct. It's platinum. Thought I'd throw in some easy ones here and there. You know, oh, We appreciate it. Not for me, but I learned something. <laughs> <laughs> Easy for at least one person on the team. So. Yes. All right. Uh, number eight is going to be in Explorers. Although it mainly just caused civilization-destroying diseases, what was the distribution of trade goods, people, and ideas with the European colonization of the Americas called? And it's kind of fitting since the namesake Explorer was a horrible person. Yeah, we're locked in. Oh, is this the Silk Road? No, that was... Uh... That was from Asia. India. To, yeah. I also thought about the East India Company, but I don't believe it was that either. Um, that was Columbus's, wasn't it? What about um, Colombian Exposition? 
Okay. I know that was like the name of the World's Fair type thing. Too, yeah. But so basically the trading to the North, to the yeah. Americas. Yeah. That wasn't the East India, India, India company. Would it, would it be? That was the, that was what Columbus's trading group was called. Oh, all right. We'll say the East India company then, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, widely considered, uh, if a, as a single event, the the deadliest uh, single event, uh, the Columbian Exchange. Oh, yeah. Yep, you guys were right there with the Columbian Exposition or whatever you said. But yeah, it is the Columbian Exchange. I read a book about that. It was called The Columbian Exchange. <laughs> <laughs> wow, creative. Well, that sucks. T.S., what are you doing over there? Yeah. All right, question nine, uh, a movie question. This would be fairly easy for some of you. What 2015 Oscar-winning movie planned on filming in Canada, but when all the snow melted due to production delays, it was forced to move their production to Argentina, where there was still snow on the ground? Do you think it was Snowpiercer? Nope. I don't think so either. The Snowman? Probably not. I was going to say, I don't think Snowpiercer won an Academy Award, did it? Nope. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe for design or something it was good though it was a good movie i it took me a minute but this was a kind of a fun fact about this movie and once it clicked uh it's interesting story how they filmed it all right um yeah i just don't know i don't know either it would be just a guess so it would make sense that hydra would want to hide out in argentina though go ahead neil uh so ken if i said this movie uh won an oscar for the lead actor just because he acted that he was cold because he was cold very cold the revenant the revenant oh that is indeed correct. The Revenant. I had a, I kind of had a hint in the beginning, but then I thought it would make it way too easy. I said Leo eats liver. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was it was just the right amount because it took he me a went minute. So method. He became unvegan. He became yeah. unvegan and he actually dated someone over twenty five. Yeah. <laughs> Slept in a bear carcass. Yeah, a lot of that was yeah, that was a very interesting story of that. All right, uh, let's move on to number ten. Last question in the round. And this is in herbology. Um, nothing to do with Harry Potter, I don't think. What herb gets its name from the belief that it will lengthen life and increase wisdom? Relectin. Oh, oh wow. Lengthen life and increase wisdom. Is this so those you, pills you get at 7-Eleven? Oh, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> Five-hour energy? No, no, the pills at 7-Eleven that are like St. John's wort or like bowl shavings or whatever. They're like right next to the counter. Yeah. Go biloba. It's like if you want to be Bowls, more shavings. Well, I don't know. It was something like that. Yeah. Isn't that called jerky? <laughs> <laughs> what can I do you for tonight? I want some of those bowl shavings. Oh, I got them right here for you. Fun night planned with your girlfriend. <laughs> hey, kid, you want to be virile? Get some bowl shavings. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm at a loss. Do you know any herbs? Can you just name one herb? I know Herbs de Provence. Okay. We'll lock in with Herbs de Provence. Okay. And uh, if you want uh, wisdom, you might want sage wisdom. Mm. So we said sage. Yep. You definitely picked up on that clue. It is sage. I guess that is an herb. I also have some in my refrigerator. (laughs) I guess. According to my facts, it's only kind of an herb. It's just like a green thing I buy at the grocery store. I don't know what it is. It's only like 30% an herb. You know, the rest of it's who knows what. It's kind of a mutt. All right. Concluding regulation. Looks like the troll toll has 175, and we are right behind them with 130, hoping to pick up some points in the final round. All right. So let me give you the categories. Uh, the first one is 
chemistry. Number two is history. Number three is reading. Number four is writing. And number five is arithmetic. All right. All the wagers are now locked in. It looks like you guys did something crazy. Why don't you tell me what that is? Uh, well, we just we never usually bet zero on anything, but we went 30, 30, 0, 0, 10. Okay. All right. So let's get the uh, questions now. All right. First question is in chemistry. Abbott and Costello by far made the most movies together at 39. What two comedians slash actors sit in second with 18 films together starting in 1998, although one of them usually only has a small part? Number two is in history. Everyone knows that Bill Nye the Science Guy uh, knows Bill Nye the Science Guy, but his parents had pretty interesting careers themselves. His father was captured by the Japanese while helping to build an airstrip on Wake Island during World War II, and his mother was a Goucher girl from nearby Goucher College. What were the most intelligent of the Goucher girls contracted to do for the U.S. government during World War II? And I will give you uh, a little bit more. Batman could have used their help fighting Edward Nigma. Question three is in reading. If you were reading a book about Rabbit by a Pulitzer Prize winning novelist, poet, and essayist from Reading, Pennsylvania, whose book would you be reading? Well, I we should have been on that one. And then writing for question four. What former basketball great has an IQ of 131, wrote an autobiography called Giant Steps, and was even awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom? John Coltrane. And finally, question five is arithmetic. What American indie rock band from Atlanta released the album Simple Math in 2011? Oh, man. They joined, <laughs> they joined Blink-182 and My Chemical Romance for part of the 2011 Honda Civic Tour. And their name would seem to be a bit of a misnomer since they seem to only have no more than five members. Well, these categories were misleading, to say the least. <laughs> and we will see how it goes. We'll be right back. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 
All right, all the answers are now in. Let's get the questions one more time and see if we can catch these guys. I think there's a good chance. Could all happen. Right. All right, so chemistry was the first one. Abbott and Costello, by far, made the most movies together at 39. So what two comedians, actors, sit in second with 18 films together starting in 1998, although one of them usually only has a small part? All right, this was a misleading category. Uh, so we only wagered 10 here. But we think we got the right answer, right? I'm 50% confident. All right. We said Adam Sandler and Rob Snyder. Yeah, we, we bet 30 because Jeff thought it would be about chemistry. Um, thought but, wrong. But thought wrong. And we, we had a lot of trouble with this one. I, I now hearing the clue about small part, I feel like they're right over there. But we went through, you know, Seth Rogen and uh, James Franco, which we ended up locking in with, you know, John C. Riley, Will Ferrell, Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson. But we know it's wrong, so we just said Will Ferrell and or uh, James Franco and Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Who cares? Yeah. Okay, so so the hint that uh, you guys didn't let me give because it would probably would made it too easy was you can do it. Yeah. Re- yep. Refers to Sandler and Schneider. Good there job, you guys. Go. Good poll. You know what, Neil? There are no small parts. That's true. <laughs> Only small actors. All right. So question two was in history. Everyone knows Bill Nye the Science Guy, but his parents had pretty interesting careers themselves. His father was captured by the Japanese while building a airstrip on Wake Island in World War II, and his mother was a Goucher girl from nearby Goucher College. What were the most intelligent of the Goucher girls contracted to do for the U.S. government during World War II? And we think that is, uh, for 20 points, code-breaking. Yeah, we wagered 30. We said code-breaking. It was indeed code-breaking. The Edward Nigma clue was in reference to the Enigma cipher, which was one of the major ones that the Germans used. So, mm. All right, let's, let's move on uh, to reading. If you were reading a book about Rabbit by a Pulitzer Prize-winning novelist, poet, and essayist from Reading, Pennsylvania, whose book would you be reading? All right, for another 20 points, we said John Updike. Yeah, uh, uh, we didn't write anything down because we wagered zero. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it is indeed John Updike, so good good job, guys. All right. Question four it was in writing. What former basketball great has an IQ of 131, wrote an autobiography called Giant Steps, and was even awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom? Another 20 points on this one. I'll pass it to Matt. Uh, yeah, and uh, we're, we're, you know, throwing around a couple different names, uh, but Giant Steps... Smart guy uh, reminds me of Yao Ming, so we locked in with Yao Ming. We uh, unfortunately bet zero, but I'm pretty sure this is uh, a person who's a great writer. He actually was on the writing staff of the last season of Veronica Mars, I believe. It is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And if I said he insists his name is really Roger Murdoch, uh, and he's the co-pilot, that would definitely lead you to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Good job. You said you bet zero on that, though. That's unfortunate. Sadly, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, last one is in arithmetic. What American indie rock band from Atlanta released the album Simple Math in 2011? And they joined Blink-182, My Chemical Romance, for part of the 2011 Honda Civic Tour, and their name would seem to be a bit of a misnomer. He wagered zero, but Matt regretted it because he knew it right away. Yeah, actually, the first time I saw this band, I thought, how are they going to fit a whole orchestra on that stage? I believe it's Manchester Orchestra. Yeah, we had no idea, so uh, we said Simple Minds. We're going to lose 10 on that one. And that is indeed Manchester Orchestra. All right, it was a nail-biter, and, uh, well, 
It looks like uh, pay the troll toll to play the quiz bowl. Just barely hung on with their fingernails. We got 160. They got 165. You're the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. I don't know if I feel good about that win or ashamed that we should have won by more, hopefully. But we, we made some mistakes in that final round. We just got very lucky. You know, a win is a win. That's true. It all came down to one question, essentially. So. It all did come down to one question, Ken. And speaking of that, I'm sure Sam's students uh, often tell themselves that during Quiz Bowl. And uh, he gave us a very good game here. We didn't have any buzzers, but we did our best. And uh, Jeff, I'm glad that uh, we were able to pull out the win. But Sam, uh, anyone you'd like to give a shout out to? Any advice for us if we'd like to join your Quiz Bowl team in the future, if we are worthy enough? Oh, yeah, definitely want to Shout out to my students if they ever happen to listen to this episode. I try to get them to listen to you guys all the time, and they're like, eh, that's, we don't listen to podcasts. We only listen to music. But anyway, uh, and also my 14-year-old son, Asher, he loves trivia. He's on he's on the Quiz Bowl team, and uh, he loves listening to you guys. Just and, saying is we got to get on the TikToks. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And then also, the, I mentioned her before, my uh, co-teacher, Debbie Watley, or Debbie Briscoe Watley, uh, the daughter of uh, Jack Briscoe. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's about all the shout outs I got. So, Well, hello, Asher. Thank you for listening. Get all your friends to listen to us. Just tell them that we're doing crazy stuff over here, I guess. We're like, flossing. We're pranking. We're flossing. We're, I don't know, playing Fortnite while playing Prank trivia. flossing. Prank flossing. <laughs> that, I mean, that. we do occasionally make edgy jokes. Teenagers I, like that. I do like Neil the prank flossing. Neil is very flossing. sus. Mm-hmm. I'm very sus. No cap on that. Um, exactly. So, I yeah. have no idea what's going on. <laughs> We're just saying young people things. Young people speak, but I'm uh, dabbing right now. I've got a great fit. <laughs> there, there, and it's some oh. nice drip. Um, so thank you very much. Oh, sorry, Sam. Go ahead. I was just saying I've been playing Fortnite this whole time, so we're we're good. <laughs> well, your your questions were certainly a challenge. We appreciate you putting the game together for us. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you to all your students too. Hopefully, they will start listening to this, and and I'm sure they're going to do better than us on the next round of questions. Well, that'll do it for today. Once again, I want to thank Sam. Thank you, Jeff, Neil, and Matt for joining me in the studio today. And that was Trivia. Because the Democratic Republicans here. pretty much, so they, <laughs> the Democratic Republicans can, were like right in a row. So like Jefferson, um, we, we, we've Madison, covered, Monroe, we've all, and yeah. then it switched to just Democrats. And then there were other Jackson. presidents that had affiliations. Correct. Okay. Yes. Spell something. Smokey. Is that you? Maybe me. Okay. Smokey. Sure your house isn't on fire or something. Are you having a stroke? I don't think so. <laughs> burnt toast. It smells like burnt. Hair it might just be his coat. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. You oh, probably smell. You, you probably smell me. I singed my arm while I was cooking dinner. Oh, then it's. Oh wow, we're smelling your skin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just. If you look, hey, let me give your arm a lift. Oh man, end clip material here. <laughs> is it is it Jeff's singed skin? Let me smell your arm. Actually, it doesn't really smell anymore. But you can look; you can see where it's like all, all right. short here. Yeah, all <laughs> right, let's continue.